the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Life of faith can be challenging. But the danger with that, of being the kind of person that's got to map it all, every little detail, the danger with that is you can get things so figured out that you don't figure God in. And you don't have any place for the Holy Spirit to move. You don't have any place for the Holy Spirit to lead you because you've got it all already figured out. Are you prioritizing your desires over what God wants you to do? A good way to find out is to take a look at your schedule. Are you taking time to ask God what He wants you to do, or is your schedule too full? The life of Jesus' disciples was one of constantly seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance. They were focused not on the things of this world, but rather on eternal things. They were on a mission for God. Are you? In today's message, Pastor Dan will show you how to live a life of faith. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now in verse 2, beginning in verse 2, we're given the names of the 12 apostles. And we're going to read through the names here. And then I just want to make some general observations about the 12 apostles. Verse 2. Now the names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, Labias, whose surname was Thaddeus. That one kind of amuses me. Hey, my name's Labias, but you can call me Thaddeus. That's, you know, my nickname's Thaddeus. Simon, it says the Canaanite, it means the zealot. And Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. If you're taking notes, again, it's just some general observations about the list here. There's actually four times in the Bible that the 12 apostles are listed by name. You have here... Mark chapter 3, Luke chapter 6, and Acts chapter 1. In the four lists that you find in the New Testament, Peter is always listed first among the apostles. Judas Iscariot is always listed last, and his betrayal of Jesus is mentioned. The 12 apostles include two sets of brothers, possibly three sets of brothers. You have Simon and Andrew, James and John, And possibly Simon the Zealot and James the son of Alphaeus were also brothers. Jesus called brothers to serve him together. I love that. I think that's wonderful. Look down at verse 34. Down at verse 34. Jesus says, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. 
For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. In many families, as I know many of you have experienced, in many families, Jesus brings a sword. You know, someone in the family gets saved, becomes a Christian, they're born again, now they're living for Jesus Christ, and it causes division in the family. So if you and your brother or you and your sibling are both walking with the Lord Jesus Christ and you're both serving the Lord Jesus Christ together, that is a special privilege and a very special blessing. And you should thank the Lord that you are serving him together with your brother or sister, not just a brother and sister biologically, but a brother or sister in Christ. That's a very unique thing. And we see here where Jesus calls brothers to serve as apostles. The 12 apostles were all from the Galilee, except for Judas Iscariot. Judas is the only one who's not from the Galilee. His last name means man of Cryote, which was a town in southern Judah. So Judas was from Judah, southern Judah. He's the only non-Galilean among the 12. Oh, Jesus, you should have just picked Galileans, man. Come on. You shouldn't have picked this Judean guy, right? Judas. Notice included in the 12, we have Matthew, the tax collector. He was a tax collector for the Roman government, collecting taxes from his fellow Jewish people. We also have Simon, the zealot on the team. The zealots sought to restore the purity of Israel by active resistance against Roman rule. The zealots followed the example of Phineas from the Old Testament. If you remember the story of Phineas, when there was sin in the camp of Israel, Phineas took a spear and went through the camp and went into the tents and killed the people that were engaged in the sin. And the zealots used similar tactics. They were inspired by Phineas's zeal for the Lord and zeal for purity. The zealots killed people. They killed people that they thought were polluting Israel. So under different circumstances, Simon the zealot would slit the throat of Matthew the tax collector. But they are brought together by Jesus Christ. They're brought together by Jesus Christ. They had Jesus Christ in common, and Jesus was greater than their political differences. Hey, listen, give me your attention. Jesus brings us together, right? He brings us together. We're one in Christ. We're one in Christ. We're united in Christ. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. Our identity is not in our political differences. The thing that unites us is Jesus Christ. And that we are saved by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. And we come together as one in Christ. Several of the apostles were fishermen, as you know. They were rough around the edges. They weren't refined. They weren't well-educated. There weren't theologians in the group. All of the disciples were very young. John was probably a teenager. So to you young people, any young adults or teenagers here, don't think that you have to wait until you're older to be used by the Lord. The Lord can use you right now. 
the early church was led by young people. One thing that really, I think, stands out about this list of the 12 is that they were all very ordinary people. There's no all-stars on the list. There's not a single person on this list that when you read the name, you think, oh, yeah, yeah, I know why Jesus picked that guy. It's obvious. There's no scholars on this list. God likes to use ordinary people just like you and just like me. And he'll use ordinary people to do extraordinary things for his kingdom. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, the Apostle Paul writes, listen to what he says. For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty and not many noble are called. Paul again says, you see your calling, you see who is part of the church. He doesn't call many celebrities. He doesn't call many billionaires. He doesn't say any. It's not that he doesn't call any. It's just he doesn't call many. He doesn't call people that the world would esteem necessarily. Instead, Paul goes on to say, God chooses what the world considers foolish and weak and the things the world despises and the things the world counts as nothing. So God likes to choose the foolish so that the world would look on and say, well, that's a foolish choice. I know that guy. Why would he choose him? That's a bad choice. Or the weak. What does that guy bring? What does she bring? Or the things the world despises, the things that the world counts as nothing, the nobodies. And he does it that way. Again, he does it that way so that he receives all the glory. So that no one can look on and say, well, he's so naturally talented. Or she went to such and such college. And that's why they're able to do those great things. No, people look on and scratch their heads and say, How is that the result with him or with her? How did all of this happen? It can't be because of him. It can't be because of her. It's got to be the Lord. And he gets all of the glory. And so again, if you're here and you think, you know what, I'm just a teenager. I'm a young adult and I don't really have much life experience. I'm too young, really, I think, to be used by the Lord. Or or you think, you know what, I, I don't really have ability I don't really know what I could do for the kingdom of heaven, or I don't have any formal training or formal education. God likes to use people like you. That's what the kingdom of heaven is all about. He likes to use people like us, just ordinary people that he then equips with his power. And then he does it through them, not because of them, but in spite of them, he does it through them. He does it through us. And this is how his kingdom works. It takes the world's way of doing things and just turns it upside down. Where the world would say, you got to pick the brightest. You got to pick the best. You got to pick the most talented. You've got to pick the person who has this amazing track record. Of course, you want that person on the team. The Lord says, give me the foolish. Give me the weak. Give me the nobodies. Give me the nothings. Give me the person who brings absolutely nothing to the table, but is willing to be filled with my power. And is willing to submit to my will. And watch what I can do through them. So verse 5. So these twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them saying. 
Do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. On this commission or with this commission, Jesus sent the apostles to the lost sheep of the house of Israel only. After the resurrection, before the ascension, Jesus will give what we call the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so we're to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone, to all the world. But at this time, with this mission trip here, it's limited to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Only go to them. Don't go to the Gentiles. Don't go to the Samaritans. Only the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And so the gospel should go to the Jew first, the covenant people through whom the law was given, the prophets came, through whom the Messiah came. It should go to the Jews first before it goes to the Gentiles. So he sends them to, he says, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. If you remember, we looked at several passages in the Old Testament that indicate that the Jewish people will be led astray and lost by the shepherds of Israel, the religious leaders. Remember, we looked in Jeremiah at a couple passages and Ezekiel at a couple passages. And God promised in those passages that he himself would come and search for the lost sheep of Israel. In Ezekiel 34, for example, verses 11 and 12, for thus says the Lord God, indeed, I myself, the Lord God speaking, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out as a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep. So will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And here we see the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, sending out his apostles as his under shepherds to go find those lost sheep. Just as he promised he would back in the Old Testament in Ezekiel 34, and he's sending out his under shepherds to find his lost sheep, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He says in verse seven, and as you go, you know, just as you're going. Preach. You should underline that word preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The message they were to preach was the same message Jesus was preaching. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The king has come. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, so freely give. Now, I want you to note here that the emphasis was on the preaching of the gospel. And the signs and the wonders came as a confirmation of the message of the gospel. The signs and wonders were secondary to 
preaching. Preaching should always be the emphasis. Preaching should always be the emphasis. The declaring of the gospel of Jesus Christ should always be at the forefront of everything that the church does. And not the other way around. You shouldn't make the emphasis anything else. Nothing should be put above the preaching of the gospel message. And that's how churches get off track. Because something is put in front of the gospel. Something is emphasized more than the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And what good does it really if a person is healed of a sickness but never hears the gospel of Jesus Christ? They never hear that Jesus died on the cross for them and through faith in Jesus Christ they can have their sins forgiven and they can receive eternal life. And they die in their sins. If they never hear the message of Jesus Christ, they die in their sins and their soul is lost to hell forever. So what good is that healing? What good is that miracle? If in the end, their soul is lost. The gospel message of Jesus Christ is always the most important thing we do. We can't allow anything to replace the preaching of the gospel. Jesus said, look at the verse again, freely you have received, freely give. You know, there's people that obviously if they're healed of a sickness or a disease or leprosy or, you know, you raise the dead, that kind of thing. People are going to have such gratitude to the apostles for this miracle that there can be the temptation to abuse that. You know, so too with us, you know, we can have such gratitude to someone who the Lord has used in our lives and that the Lord has used to minister to us. And there can be the temptation to abuse that gratitude. And so here Jesus says, don't use God's power really to enrich yourself, right? Don't use the gifts that you've been given by the Lord for your own purposes or for financial gain. Of course, we see people doing that, you know, on TV and that kind of thing. People are just using it. And manipulating people for financial gain. Freely you've received the power. or Freely you've received the gift. So freely just give it to others. Freely just use it. Now look at verse 9. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper. And your money belts. Nor bag for your journey. Nor two tunics. Nor sandals. Nor staff. For a worker is worthy of his food. And so Jesus tells the disciples They're to go on faith. They're to go on faith, just trusting the Lord that he will provide for their needs. Now, on another occasion later, Jesus will tell the disciples to take money and to take a bag with them, take provisions. But this time, they're to go on faith. The 12 apostles are going out to look for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And they're not to take anything with them. And through this trip, by going this way, going by faith, they will learn that the Lord is their shepherd. And that they shall not be in want. And that the Lord will provide for them. Walking by faith, living by faith, instead of walking by sight, can be difficult. Especially, listen, if you are the kind of person who likes to plan things down to the smallest detail. 
and you like to have everything mapped out months in advance, and you've got it all laid out on the calendar, and you've got spreadsheets that you can print out for everybody that is going to have this detailed, itemized, you know, order and itinerary, and here's the expenses, and this is how much it's going to cost, and you've got it all laid out for you. The life of faith can be challenging. But the danger with that, of being the kind of person that's got to map it all, every little detail, the danger with that is you can get things so figured out that you don't figure God in. And you don't have any place for the Holy Spirit to move. You don't have any place for the Holy Spirit to lead you because you've got it all already figured out and all mapped out. Also, that kind of detailed planning can convince you that what you are attempting to do cannot be done, that it's impossible, that if you, you know, I've added it all up, I've got the spreadsheets here, I've gone over the numbers three times, and there's just, there's no way this is going to work out. And you can talk yourself out of obeying the Lord and doing what he's calling you to do because the math doesn't add up. The math isn't supposed to add up. That's the point. You walk by faith, not by sight. Proverbs chapter 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. and all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. You lean not on your own understanding. The desire to understand everything before you commit to it, that desire to understand the plan and the itinerary and the finances and and. And how we're going to pay for this and how we're going to pay for that. And what's the date we're going to be here. And that's leaning on your own understanding. Now, there's a place for that. I'm not saying be reckless. But we want to go on faith. I've been on boards of churches. I sat in a board meeting one time, not for our church. And I, I listened to the pastor had this, this great idea for an outreach. And there were businessmen on the board. And those businessmen started bringing up, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about the finances? And what about, and how many people are giving? And do you have any big givers? What if that big giver leaves the church and then you're not getting, you know, and totally talked this guy out of what the Holy Spirit had so clearly put on his heart to do. You know, A.W. Tozer in one of his devotionals has this great devotion on, he calls it Philip the Calculator, right? When Jesus is going to feed the multitudes, And it's Philip who says, even if we have a year's worth of wages, we couldn't buy enough bread to feed all these people. Right. And Tozer talks about, you know, the danger of having a Philip, the calculator in the group, who as soon as you have this idea from God of what God wants to do, he breaks out his calculator and starts doing the calculation. Right. Again, I'm not saying be reckless, but you don't want to allow your need to have it all mapped out and figured out and calculated out to talk you out of doing what God has asked you to do. You go on faith. And so let me just read a verse to you. He's sending them out here. But in Luke chapter 22, verse 35, you don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. Luke chapter 22, verse 35. Listen to what Jesus says. He says to his disciples, when I sent you without money bag, a knapsack and sandals. Did you lack anything? And so they said, nothing. Remember that time I sent you out and just told you to go on faith and don't take anything with you? Did you lack anything? No. That's the life of faith. 
been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, the first book in the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to share with you next time, but if you have any questions or would like to talk to us and have any prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website. Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab, then click on Contact. You're welcome to submit prayer requests on our website too. If you're interested in finding additional messages from this series, you can access those at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. Have you connected with a local church? If not, we encourage you to find a church family It will help guide and support you in your faith. If you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe. And you can also get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn more at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this New Testament book. Pastor Dan will help bring some things to light for you right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.